listening to Crush Performance, your weekly source for sport performance and athletic development information. Get the Crush blogs, podcasts, and performance links at crushperformance.com. Now, here he is, the Crusher. Perception and our understanding of perception may be the next critical step in pushing human performance forward. You may agree or disagree with me here, depending on how you perceive this statement. (laughs) See what I did there? Uh, But I think that perception might be the very fabric on which human performance is weaved. Perception has implications that go to the very roots of who we are, who we will become, and how we operate in our world and most certainly in sport. Perception might very well be the thing that launches a player over the top in terms of performance. It is a monstrous topic, but I think we're ready to tackle it. This is the 19th year for Crush Performance Radio, and over those years, we've looked to uncover the latest trends and research coming out of the world of sport performance. And each year, we have a Crush theme. It's a major topic or area of performance that we focus on because we feel it's critical to the overall process of developing potential and maximizing your performance. Along the way, we talk and visit with some of the world's top experts on whatever the Crush theme might be for that season. And I am talking about the best people in the world. It's very cool stuff. Earlier this fall, I was talking with a Canadian radio executive and she asked me why the show hasn't been syndicated and poured out to a larger audience. I told her I produce and run the show, but my world is athlete and player performance, not the inner workings of radio and radio broadcasting. Now, to be clear, I have talked to networks and syndication companies. Heck, Crush Performance was on a major sports radio station for the better part of 17 years before they pulled the plug on that station. But our show was doing great and our audience continued to grow. Then, out of nowhere, came along this thing called podcasting. And here's what I can now tell you. I get emails from all over the world on a regular basis. People commenting on an episode or asking for more information on a topic or sharing their experiences. For me, that's pretty cool. She said, when it comes to your genre, sport training and athlete development, crush performance might very well be radio's best kept secret. It's a shame, she said. (laughs) I've looked at your numbers and when your audience tunes in, they stay tuned in. That's special in radio. You obviously have a loyal following and they're lucky to have your show. I wasn't sure if that was exactly a compliment or not, but I took it as a big one. I hope my perception wasn't off there. (laughs) Okay, I'll knock it off. But here's the thing. While I wish everyone in the world of sport would tune into the show, we have our audience. It's you, all of the crushes out there. And frankly, you're the reason I do the show. I kind of think of you as one of my athletes, and I feel the information and topics we present are important for you and your pursuit of performance. Now, I will tell you, the athletes, teams, and organizations I do work with have a huge influence on the topics we present on the show. In fact, some shows I put together for specific athletes or a single athlete based on the challenges or successes they're experiencing. It might be coming out of a conversation or a training session the week before or even the day before that determines the topic of a show. And once the show is done, I'll send that athlete the link and ask him or her not to just listen in, but really listen to the episode. And the next time we train together, we discuss what we might have learned. 
I feel that if one of my athletes has an issue or is battling with something or has a breakthrough, there are countless others who are having or will have similar experiences. So much fun. It's a powerful tool and it's really helped out my athletes over the years. As much as I hope, the show has helped you. The annual crush themes, though, are special and very deliberate. They've been building on one another over the years, and I think we're getting to a very special place in our connective knowledge and understanding of human development and performance. We've had themes that include corruption in sport, obesity and childhood obesity, the crush, war on sugar, a fan favorite. We've covered sleep science. We had a year dedicated to creating coachable players, and we had an in-depth look at organizational and team performance. That was a real fun year for me because we talked to some of the world's top experts on things that not only impact individual athletes, but entire teams and entire organizations. So great because our look into organizational and team performance set us up to really take advantage of the next year's theme, which was talent and talent ID. Listen, you can know everything you want to know about talent and talent ID, but if you don't understand organizational and team performance, how are you going to implement it? So each of these themes builds on another, builds on another. It's all integrated at the end. It's kind of like a march that's leading up to a grand finale. And the crush brain game was one of the most recent themes that I think's really putting us over the top. So here we are. We've worked ourselves all the way to this point in time, the point where we can actually take advantage of breaking down and understanding perception. If you're a seasoned crusher tuning in for years and going through the process of getting ready for this moment, you're ready for this. And I hope you're as fired up as I am. And if you're new to the show, don't fret. I suggest you go back to the Crush Archives, find some episodes that interest you. It's not homework, it's all for you. And get prepared for what we're about to talk about as we break down this year's theme of perception. We've been working through the years to build our knowledge so we can attack the next level of human performance. Here's a quick little recap. We started with the fan favorite, the crush war on sugar. It's about much more than just sugar. We're talking nutrition, hydration, and human biochemistry for performance. Honestly, if you want to really understand nutrition, food, and performance, the information presented in our war on sugar episodes, well, listen, there just isn't any other place where you can get this information. The scary thing is we've only just begun here. There's so much more we're going to cover in the upcoming years. For me, you absolutely need to understand this stuff if you're going to push performance forward. Then we move to sleep science. Simply put, sleep is the most important factor in human performance and overall health. It's our number one performance priority and for good reason. Without it, you don't stand a chance. Funny thing, I was presenting to a pro team about a year ago and one of the players came up after and said he just heard a podcast that sounded very similar to what I just presented. I laughed and nodded as I brought up the Crush show archives on my computer and I played him part of an early Crush sleep episode from 2008. Guess what? The show was with one of the world's top sleep experts at the time and we were discussing almost the exact same information I presented to the team that very day, barring some of the new science that's been developed over the years. But we were working on sleep science programming way back in the late 90s and early 2000s when I was with the Blue Jays. We were trying to get the team to buy custom pillows and custom bed toppers for all the players. 
I wanted to take them on the road with us so every player would have a more consistent sleep regardless of where we were. And I also wanted to contact each hotel prior to our arrival to make sure the lights were dim and the rooms were cool so the guys would have as consistent sleep conditions as possible. I think this was one of the first, if not the first, organized team sleep programs in pro sports. Very cool stuff. So we listened to the 2008 issue of Crush Performance for a bit, and he was blown away. First, he said, you sound younger. <laughs> well, touche, it was a long time ago. But then he said, hey, so they're copying you. I said, no, the science and knowledge is out there. You just got to dig a little bit. But good ideas do travel. And sleep awareness and sleep science is finally getting some traction. The point is, as I present today, the discussions aren't much different. It's hard to apply all of the new sleep knowledge and science we've acquired over the past 10 to 15 years if the fundamentals are not in place. And unfortunately, in the big picture, we're sleep deprived, under recovered and underperforming. We're not taking care of sleep fundamentals. And that's why I'm always presenting on the fundamentals. It's very rare that we get to dig down deep into all the sexy new stuff that surrounds sleep and sleep science and human performance because we're not taking care of the basics. If I were an athlete team or organization out there, this is what I would be focusing on. I think it's a huge opportunity for all of those who get it. There's a very small number of teams, organizations, and athletes who actually have a structured sleep program. It's a competitive weapon when it comes to sport performance. This is what the Crush Sleep Science episodes are all about. And if you've tuned into them, well, you have one huge leg up on your competition. We've been talking about creating player performance right from the first episode of Crush Performance. The Crush approach in this area of sport has progressed and matured over the years, right alongside all of the science, research, and our collective knowledge. We now call this area of athlete player development, creating coachable players, where we look to support athletes, parents, coaches, teams, and organizations with critical information they can use and implement along the timeline of athlete and player development. This is not only one of the major aspects of Crush Radio, I'd say that 85% of all the live presentations I do revolve around our approach to creating coachable players. It's about setting your athlete up for success as a player in their sport. It's about helping them become more coachable. It's about helping coaches understand that in-game performance and competition are downstream from athlete development, sometimes way downstream. Creating coachable players is about constructing an environment where you can properly develop athletic abilities to not only reduce risk of injury, but raise the ceiling of potential both short-term and long-term for each and every one of your players. You see, coaches are often restricted in how much they can help their players' performance because the players simply can't do what the coach needs them to do in order to make progress. That's a problem, and it's hurting athletes. It's hurting their progress, lowering their ceiling of potential rather than raising it, and it's 100% avoidable if you understand the athlete development side of sport. Creating coachable players is about the long game of athlete development so you can optimize player development. It's about the big picture and the things that need to happen to build developmental momentum and ultimately in-game performance. Creating coachable players covers a wide range of progressive steps, strategies, and topics. It's been so well received that I was asked if there was a resource that kind of puts it all together for everybody. And guess what? 
There isn't. I've looked everywhere. So over the last two years, I've been working diligently to develop the first Creating Coachable Players course, and it's ready to go. This first version of the course is focused on baseball. And no matter what level of the game you coach, there's a corresponding level in the course that's right for you. For new coaches, dedicated developmental coaches, and all-in career and professional coaches, there's a level for everyone. And then, if you're a parent, stand by. I get as many questions and inquiries from parents as I do from coaches, teams, organizations, and athletes. We'll actually be doing our first live Creating Coachable Player events for parents in my hometown of Edmonton over the next few months, and the online version will be coming this spring. No one cares more or has a greater impact on an athlete's development than the parents. Parents, if you have a child who loves sport, you absolutely need to understand how athlete development works, especially in today's sporting landscape. It can get crazy out there. With the greatest of intentions, could we be doing more harm than good as coaches, as parents, as teams and organizations? It's all avoidable if you know how it all works. And that's exactly why I built the Creating Coachable Players course, Key Strategies for Player Performance and Injury Prevention in Sport. I am so proud of this course and I built it for you. And you can check it out right now. Just go to jeffcrishell.com. The Creating Coachable Player themed episodes will continue on the show as they're a perfect progression coming off of our year-long look at organizational and team performance. That series set the tone for our assault on talent and talent ID, which in turn brought us to one of my favorite areas of human performance, the crush brain game. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I believe the brain holds the greatest potential for moving human performance forward. We have new technologies that are now allowing us to map, monitor, and train the brain in real time with real-time feedback, things we've never been able to do before, ever. But like sleep and all of the other themes before it, the crush brain game is only going to be effective if you have all the other pieces in place. One crush theme leads to the next, then to the next, and the next, slowly building on one another. This is sport performance at its very best. So much fun. All of this, along with the regular crush stuff, has brought us to where we are today, to the point where I think we're ready to tackle perception. Again, it's a monstrous topic that has implications in every aspect of development and performance in sport. So I'm very proud to officially introduce the crush theme for 2024, perception. Over the course of this year, we'll have a regular monthly show dedicated to perception and we'll be putting together mini series over the course of the year where we'll have two, three, maybe four shows in a row focusing on this vast and important topic. We'll be talking with some of the top sports scientists, researchers, coaches, and performance experts, leaving no stone unturned as we attempt to dissect and fully understand perception and its implications in human performance. So here we are. And if you're ready, let's get after it. For our final episode last year, we did a prequel on perception, kind of like a teaser episode with crush favorite neuropsychologist Dr. Martin Morazic. The idea of that episode was to introduce the concept of perception so we could lay out just how vast the topic actually is. 
Dr. Morazic will be our perception expert guide along the way. He'll be with us all season, just as Dr. Joe Baker was with us for our Talent and Talent ID series. In fact, on that first show, Dr. Morazic framed up perception in a very cool way. I was telling him how after my back issues, I don't perceive pain in the same way I did before I had back issues. And it turned into a very cool discussion. Here's a clip. Yeah, well, when we talk about perception, uh, you know, I think it's kind of illustrated by an example where you go to a hockey game, let's say, and you watch the game and afterwards you're talking and one person says, oh, that was a fantastic game. I don't think the team's ever played better. And then somebody else goes, like, what are you talking about? The defense was terrible. Like, what were they doing out there? And then somebody else chimes in and says, well, it wasn't that bad. And so you get these differences of opinion or these changes in perception. And so when it comes to the, the, the topic of perception, I would classify kind of two ways we, we can try to understand it. It's a huge topic, but uh, two ways that we can understand it. One of them is kind of the biological basis, and I think that's what you're talking about there is pain and pain perception. And you ask somebody to put their hand in a, uh, you know, a glass of water or a bowl of uh, ice water, and you get them to rate the intensity of pain, and you're going to get different readings all over the place. And so why is that and what's going on there? So, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting topic, especially when it comes to applying it to sports. Well, you have that biological side. So, so right. But, but I love that, that, that analogy of the, the hockey game. <laughs> and I've heard it walking down the street after going to an Oilers game or even going to a football game, just hearing the fans talking as we're exiting the, the stadium or the arena, the differences of opinions. And you kind of just smile and listen because, man, everybody's so passionate and everybody's so darn right in their own mind, right? That's a pretty cool perspective right there. Speaking of perception. Yeah, and, and that's just it, right? It's like, it was the same hockey game, so why are people's perspectives or perceptions of things so radically different? And what is it about the brain or what is it about us that, that you know, causes those changes in perception? And so, uh, like I said, I think the biological piece, we're going to dive into that today. The other piece that I think is also important is a psychological perception. And so we kind of think of uh, the way we were constructed is that we have an ideal self. And this is the way we perceive our, our, our ability to really do things well. And you see little kids and they have dreams that they're a certain player and they imagine themselves as Connor McDavid. And then we have the real self, which is how we actually play. And then over time, it's like, well, why can't I play like my real, you know, why is the real self not the same as my ideal self? And so we have this perception of, well, okay, why am I different or what's going wrong? Those kind of things. And I would put that into more of the psychology piece, but uh, looking forward to diving into the biological piece. Yeah, for sure. And I think this is really interesting and very pertinent in the world of sport performance as well. I'll, well, let's just for, forget, forget even sport performance, human performance, growing, um, learning, adjusting and developing. This has a major, major role. And I'm actually quite surprised it's not more prevalent in the literature or even in the conversations we have, especially revolving around coaching, mentoring, and teaching Dr. Morazic. Does that kind of make sense? There are massive, massive indications here for um, understanding how people learn, but then adjusting the delivery system of information even or training stimulus to help them adapt to the environment. And I think that is maybe at the core essence of true coaching, teaching, and, and mentoring. Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you on, on that one. 
uh, crush because I think it's just such a mammoth topic that it, it's really hard to unpack it a bit. But uh, that's that's why it's great to have these conversations with you to unpack that. I think the really good coaches, uh, the really high level players, well, they're actually doing a lot of these things, but putting it together, right? Just making sense of it and really putting it into the context that you've just ex- explained, like you know, uh, pain perception. Well, what's going on there, and how do we actually manage that? How do we teach that? Um, it's a mammoth topic, but it's a same point like it, it it's a little hard to uh you know talk about these abstract concepts and yet when we do i think they can make a radical difference for for you know like you say not just sports but for human performance i thought that was a very interesting take on perception and it really set us up for what we're going to do this year you can go back and listen to that entire episode again it was the last show of 2023 So what exactly is perception? Just think about it for a second. I think we all kind of have an idea of what perception is, but that's just the beginning. If we look at the standard definitions of perception, you'll find things like this. The ability to see, hear, or become aware of something through the senses. Or it's the organization, identification, and interpretation of sensory information in order to represent and understand the presented information or environment you're in. Or something like, perception refers to the way sensory information is organized, interpreted, and consciously experienced. Those are some of the classic definitions of perception, but the really good stuff surrounds how it all works together. Perception is a process that involves both bottom-up and top-down processing. Bottom-up processing refers to how perceptions are built from sensory input, information we get from our five senses, sight, sound, taste, touch, and smell where top-down processing refers to how our knowledge, our experiences, and our thoughts influence how we interpret all of that sensory input. This is where it kind of gets tricky. It's like Dr. Mrazik's example. How do we have such varied opinions of a hockey game when we all watch the same game? Why is it that you might love a certain restaurant or a certain dish and your wife or your girlfriend or your buddies won't even walk through the door or take a bite? There are just so many factors that influence how we perceive things. Here's a thought for you. If we have a pretty good idea of all the factors that influence perception, should we not then be able to use this knowledge to help those around us perceive better or perceive in a certain way? I think so. And I also think that this could be one of the most powerful skills you could ever have. Imagine being able to control your perception or influence your perception or the perception of your athletes when it comes to development and performance. I mean, if you think about it, this is exactly what we're doing when we coach our athletes. Whether it's a drill or exercise or situation we create, we're influencing our athletes' perception of that challenge and the environment they're in. Whatever it might be, the right drill or challenge at the right time in the right context can create even the smallest shift in perception. And even that smallest shift can have a compounding effect that can lead to a tsunami of developmental progress. 
Actually, here's a real life example for you. I was dealing with a professional athlete who was a multi-year veteran in a professional sport. We were working to push his in-game performance to new heights by training, his reaction time, decision-making, and one of the strategic elements we felt he needed to improve was his agility and movement skills. But doing this one key drill, he just couldn't break through. We were sitting on the track one day after training, just talking shop, discussing strategies and processes. He just couldn't understand why he's having such a difficult time breaking through the challenge of this one drill, this one particular drill we devised for him, which was difficult. It was a level 10 coordination, agility, change of direction drill. It was tough. He tried and tried and tried, but just couldn't connect the dots to make it all happen smoothly or as efficiently as we needed it to happen. Now, I knew there was no question he could do it, but he was struggling to make the right adjustments. He just needed to frame it up in his mind somehow so he could break through. I think he got to the point where he thought he just wasn't capable of executing the movements and ultimately that particular drill. We needed to shift his perception. So here's what we did. I had him stand up and go to one of the lane lines on the track. We were at the 400 meter uh, athletic track that day training. And I said, okay, walk along that line and don't lose your balance. And he did it, of course, no problem. He could walk from here to China on that line and probably never stumble once. I said, okay, now stop, take a serious look at the line and where it is and where it goes. And then close your eyes and walk along that line for five yards. He took a moment and looked at the line, closed his eyes and started walking. And he went about three and a half yards before he started to veer off the line. Really well done. We discussed that for a couple of minutes. How is it possible that you can walk along that line without losing your balance from here to, you know, China or wherever? It's actually a very important question. Then I asked him, how is it possible that you can walk along that line with your eyes closed? He actually did a great job going that far. And I can tell you with a little practice, he would be able to walk 10, 15, 20 yards before losing his direction. He said he just built an image of the line in his mind and he tried to just walk along it as if his eyes were open. Pretty smart. And when it came to the first question, he said it was easy, just walk along the line. So I said, what would happen if that line were 30, 40 feet in the air? He laughed and he said he'd probably make it two or three steps. I asked him why, what's changed? He kind of looked at me like I was nuts and he said, well, it's 30 feet in the air, man. Yeah, okay, I get it. But then I asked him, how do you think those tightrope walkers walk a rope hundreds of feet in the air from skyscraper to skyscraper? He didn't answer at first, but he was thinking about it. I said, they have some kind of wicked mindset that allows them to put away the doubt and the fear so they can focus on the job, walking the rope, mindset, approach, perception. Then I laid out an agility ladder and had him do a basic footwork drill. Then I had him do a very difficult pattern. He struggled. And this was the point I was trying to make. I asked him, when you go through the ladder, is the ladder an obstacle or a guide? He kind of looked at me with a questioning look. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, are you thinking that you have to step here and then you have to step here and then you have to step over there? Or are you looking at the ladder and saying, man, it couldn't be easier. The ladder is literally showing you where to step. Is the ladder an obstacle or is it a guide? This is perception. 
that line on the track you were walking on? Were you looking at that line and thinking, damn, I have to step here, then over here, and then I step over my foot here and not lose my balance? Or were you looking at that line and thinking, easy, the line is literally showing me where to step. Like when your eyes were closed, you looked at the line, you built that mental image in your brain of where it was and where it was going, and you walked on that line with your eyes closed for over three yards. Think about that. That is incredible. And then I said, in your sport, he was a hockey player. When you take a shot or make a pass or receive a pass, or when you're making a play, is your approach, damn, I have to shoot it there, or I have to pass it there. I have to miss that guy, or I have to skate around this guy. Or are you taking in the scene? The goalie's position will show you where to shoot. Shoot the puck where he's not. Aim for an opening. And on the ice, your teammates and the opposition, they're literally showing you where to pass the puck and where not to pass the puck. They're showing you where to skate to create space and where there is no space. It couldn't be easier if you put it in perspective. And he got it. He got it right away. And then immediately I said, let's walk through that drill. Again, it was a wicked level 10 change of direction agility drill. And let me tell you something. It was awesome. It's one of those moments as a coach where you just sit back and get goosebumps. We started slow and I could literally see him connecting the dots in his mind. We did a couple of run throughs and increased the intensity a bit. And then we did it at full speed. Guess what? He nailed it. We high fived. We pounded fists. I showed him I had goosebumps. And then I said, think about this, man. Your strength, your speed, your power, it hasn't changed. Physically, you're the exact same guy you were five minutes ago. Why? Why is it now you can do that drill where before you had such difficulty? You just nailed it at full speed. How is that possible? And he said one word, perception. Boom. A deliberate shift in mindset led to a ultimate shift in physical execution and ability that I'll tell you led to some incredible gains over the course of that summer and into his season. He had one of the most productive seasons of his entire career, and it was so much fun to watch. Perception, you guys. It can literally take you places you never imagined. Now, if you couple perception with physical training as an athlete and technical tactical training as a player, now you've got something cooking. As a coach, your athlete and player's perception should be considered in everything you do, and their age and skill level should be a factor in that process. As parents, it's as important to understand perception and your influence on how your athletes perceive their sport and their place in sport. Same applies to all of the teams and all of the organizations out there. And for all of you crusher athletes, take a moment and evaluate how you perceive the challenges you're facing in your sport. Do this drill that I did with my hockey player to yourself. Understand, is the challenge physical? Is it a technical or tactical challenge? Or is it mental or emotional? Could it be a simple adjustment in your perception could move you to heights you never imagined before? This is problem solving at its finest. And one of the keys to efficiently and effectively solving a problem or conquering a challenge is to clearly define the problem right from the start. Clearly and concisely frame it up so you can attack it with purpose. And a big part of that process is being aware of your perception of the problem you're trying to solve. It's framing it up and putting it into context. 
athlete and player development is a long game and perception is a huge part of the process when you're creating coachable players. I'm Jeff Kershell. Crush Performance is recorded right here in the Crush Studios. Our distribution partner is Radio Influence Digital Media. Our website and educational material is produced and directed by Debbie Kershell, Miss Crusher. Our theme music, graphics, and video design are by Noah Alexen at Nolexen Visual and Sound. For more information, go to jeffkershell.com. And if you coach baseball, check out my first online course, Creating Coachable Players, Key Strategies for Player Performance and Injury Prevention in Baseball. It's all about helping you help your players. We'll soon have a course for every single sport and our Parenting to Athlete course as well. Such fun stuff. Have a great week, everyone. Talk to you next time right here on Crush Performance. Crush Performance.